I want to talk to you about coping. Do you guys know how to cope? <laughs> it's kind of like patience last week. A little deeper this week, though. <laughs> so if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to Luke chapter 21 and verse 25. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Kind of like patience. I tell you, I don't know about you, but what a great day to be alive. I don't know about you, but I mean, we're living in a time of seeing prophecy fulfilled right before our very eyes. Things that we have read about in the Word of God are being seen by the eye of man today. And I think it's a great time of expectation, a great time of excitement, because we know that we are closer now than ever to the Son of Man returning to earth to collect his children. A time of open doors for sharing the gospel. You know, there's a lot of people in the world that would not want you to share the gospel of Christ. But I believe today is the day. The Word of God says today is the day of salvation. And you know what? The world can't get saved if we're Quiet. If nothing's being spread by the children of God, then we're just being quiet. And nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. But there's another view of this time I want us to look at. A time of fear that's in the heart of man. So let's start at verse 25 in Luke chapter 21. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, man's hearts failing them for fear. Stop right there for a second. How much fear have we seen in the world today? I mean, first we dealt with covid People becoming in a mass panic. Then we hear of all these other diseases upon the earth, one I'd never heard of before. I know some of people said they've heard about it years and years ago, but this monkey pox. It took me a while to comprehend what that was. I thought it was people who had, were raising monkeys and they got kind of like chicken pox kind of thing. And then when I found out it was the people who were getting monkeypox, then I was like, oof. I can't, think, I can't help but think about the little 12-year-old young man who was at the beach swimming. And a little amoeba swam up his nose. It's a brain-eating amoeba. Never heard of that before. There are things happening on the earth that we have never heard before. And when we begin to read God's word, we begin to see all these things that are taking place. Moving on. And for looking after these things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud 
with power and great joy. And when they see these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake a parable. Behold, the fig tree and the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye shall see and know that your own selves, that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is at hand. Verily I say unto you, these generations shall not pass away till all has been fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, I am thankful this morning as I stand here before you, Lord, that your word has not passed away. Lord, that the kingdom of God is real. And Father, that you are going to come through those clouds with a shout, Lord, to take your children home. And Lord, until that day comes, Lord, help us to cope and to tarry, doing your will. In Jesus' name. There are many things that are, that are happening. There are many things that are taking place. The fear is an epidemic. Men's hearts failing them. When we see all the things that are continuing to take place, all the things that are continuing to happen here on the earth, we can't help but not understand where God is coming from. Failing moral standards. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did not eat or drink. They bought and sold. They planted. They built. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom. It rained fire and brimstone from heaven. And it destroyed it all. You see Jesus has warned against false securities. So many of us are looking at our 401ks, I don't know if you have one, but if you do and you've looked at it lately, you probably have gone into a little bit of a panic. Where I work, we put into one, I put into mine, and matter of fact, I almost went to HR and said, look, stop. I'm, I'm putting, I'm losing more than I'm putting in. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to bail myself out. But you know what I have to realize? That God has all things in control. You see, I can't rely on the 401k to provide for me. But I can count on the Lord Jesus Christ to provide for me. Because he's going to make it happen. If I continually rely on man... And all that he has for me, it's always going to flop. But if I continue to count on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's always going to get better. You see, I remember many conversations that I would have with Rosemary when she'd come in on Sunday morning. I'd say, how you doing? She said, good. I said, how's the family? She said, let's keep praying for them. 
And she'd ask me how mine were. And I'd say, let's keep praying for them. And she didn't mean that in a bad way. She didn't say, she wasn't saying it as an indication of problems. She was saying it as we need to keep those who are close to us in the hollows of God's hands. We need to pray for them continually and lift them up that God would encourage them and strengthen them and they would see his hand at work in their life. And I'm the same way. When my sister called me yesterday and told me she had a, uh, was getting sick again and her husband was really sick. And I said, well, did you guys go do a COVID test? And she said, yeah. I said, well, how did it turn out? And she said, you don't want to know. I said, so you're positive. And she said, well, that's not, po- that's not being positive. I said, I'm positive that you're positive. But bless the Lord Jesus Christ, because I'm positive that he will heal you from what's wrong with you. I said, so I can be positive all the way around. She said, well, I just want you to talk to the Lord for me. I said, what, you're not able? She said, if what? I said, are you not able to talk to God? She said, well, of course. She said, but, but you're a preacher. You, you probably have a better connection. I said, my connection is no greater than yours. I said, because the same blood that was shed for me was shed for you. And because that blood was shed for you, you can talk to him. But I'll be glad to talk to him for you. Because I love talking to him. I think sometimes he's probably up there saying, okay, how do we make this guy shut up? He's talking, talking, talking. All the time he's talking. See, you know what my problem is? My problem is this. I I deliver pain all day. And when I'm in the truck by myself, there's nobody to talk to. I do talk to the Lord. But there's nobody else. Talking. So when I get out done talking to the Lord, I get out of the truck and I start talking to them in the store. And they go, don't you have another delivery? I don't get it. But I think I'm starting to feel the effects of, you know, how that all works. But Daniel talks about, in Daniel 4, 12, 4, he talks about having full heads and restless hearts. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. How many have seen knowledge increased? Why was the prophecy sealed and kept secret? It was sealed as and preserved to keep people in the end times so that they would have hope that God would ultimately conquer all evil. You see, Daniel couldn't understand the meaning of his dreams. He didn't understand about the end times. But today, church, we're seeing that what Daniel talked about being fulfilled. So how does one cope in such times as this? Well, as we just read, by being aware of the signs of the time, there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity 
you know, they talked about the 100-year rain up there in, was it Virginia that's getting flooded? Kentucky. Kentucky, that's it. And they said it hasn't done that in over 100 years. They're talking about all this heat that we got everywhere that we haven't had before. And I'm like, the times, the times. Are, are, we, are we tuning out of God's word? Are we, are we really worried about global warming? I'm not saying that's not a real thing, but I'm just saying that none of this has caught Jesus by surprise. Who do you think is controlling the global warming? I can tell you what, man didn't make the earth. Man didn't start this from nothing. God did. And so God knew about everything as he formed it. He knew about everything that was going to happen and continue to happen until he returns. Global warming. I say it's God's warming and God's warning for people to start turning their hearts back to him. He's trying to get the attention. People are panicking. I say we don't panic. I say we start praising and start giving God the glory that he so deserves. Because you're not going to be able to change all this stuff that's going on in the world because only God can. The signs of the nation when he spoke a parable unto them. He was talking about Israel as a nation being the fig tree. And all the trees being the nations that represent all the other nations around the world that would come against Israel. We begin to think of the world stage as it's taking place. How the nations are coming together trying to figure out how they can stop things from happening and how they can make things happen. I say simply open the word of God and begin to read. I know they have nations out there that have those little Buddha things and the Muhammad things and those other things. But none of those things can oversee the one thing. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, he's in control. And church, we have to allow him to have control of our life. Which means we must surrender to him. If it takes waving the white flag. If it takes falling on your knees and praying for hours. Surrender to him. You see, technology, the modern world commerce talked about in Revelation 13, 17, that no man may buy or sell, save that he has the mark of the beast, the number of his. See, every generation, Christians need to maintain a healthy skepticism about society's Pleasures and rewards. You see, in our educational and economical and civic structure, 
There are incentives and rewards. But you see, Christians need to stop cooperating with the world and start cooperating with Christ. See, we're going backwards instead of forwards. We're trying to take what the world has and grab it up instead of trusting God to make it work. We need to seize the opportunity, the opportunities that we have for witnessing. You see in verses 28, 30, and 31, it talks about that. We are to witness until he returns. Signs of his return should increase witnessing. I don't know about you, but when I think of what the word says, I can't help but think about my family. Enter, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to eternal life and only a few will find it. That's what Matthew tells us. But yet we see that road to destruction getting broader and broader and broader. We have churches. Well, they call them churches. I don't necessarily say that that's the case, but when we have churches ordaining homosexual pastors and priests, taking place in same-sex marriages, pastors preaching that my body, my choice. Saying that killing is okay. I don't see how any of that lines up with the Word of God. I know I've had many friends, and I got a couple calls last week about last week's message from some friends. Well, they say they're friends, they're acquaintances. They said, You shouldn't preach like that. If you keep like that, your church is never going to grow. I said, well, then I guess it's never going to grow. Because church, all I know is what God's word says. I can't change what God said. I can't alter what the word of God says. I can't even put my own thoughts in there. And so if you don't like what was said, then you have to take it up with God. Because he's the one who has the answers. He's the one who, who, who has control of what's, what's being said. Why do we want to witness? Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to see my family going through a gate that is wide and overloaded with people heading to destruction. I want people to know that Jesus loves them. I can't wait to tell people that Jesus loves them. Matter of fact, we just got some new pens that says Jesus loves you. I love telling people that. I want people to know that Jesus loves them. When we're reaching out to others, then it enables us to cope. 
You say, how do you cope in these difficult times and in these hard days? Well, when you're reaching out to others, you aren't thinking about your own problems. I don't want any of my family left behind. I don't know how you feel about your families. I would hope that you would not want them left behind. Because when we begin to serve others through the love of Christ, we begin to focus not on our own problems, but the problems of others. So we have to keep looking forward and outward until he comes. What does he tell us here? The time is nigh. He's, he's, he's ready to come now. And church, we have to be diligent in our devotional life. God's word endures through troubled times. I don't know about you, but, but I've, I've had some troubled times. But God's word got me through those troubled times. Reading and praying, reading and praying, asking him for direction and guidance. Every time I've needed direction, guess what? I'd open up the Bible to have my devotions that day, and there it is. I'm like, well, how come he didn't show me that before? He's always on time. In the times of your distress, he's always on time. He's got the answer. And I love it many times how he just gives you the answer when you least expect it. Isn't it awesome? You're like, oh, what am I going to do? This is really starting to get to me. It's really starting to bother me. The victory comes through God's word. He brings it. We must be diligent in our private worship. You see, the Bible builds faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It told it to us in Romans. Paul tells us in Romans 10, 17. The Bible keeps us from sin. The psalmist David tells us in 119-11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With thy whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The psalmist knew what it was to go through troubled times. He had plenty of them. How would you like to have a lady wanting to chase you down and cut your head off? That'd make you run. Church, we have to read God's word and pray daily. I know some people say, well, Pastor, I just don't have enough time to, to read every day. I've got, I've got all kind of tasks set before me. Let me just say this. If you just take a couple minutes every day, read just a few lines of God's word. The next day, you'll read a few lines and then maybe another one. And next thing you know, you'll be finding yourself spending 10, 15 minutes reading God's word before you pray and head off to work. You see, I wrote down a little quote many years ago. I wrote it down back in January the 6th of 2000, 
I believe it was 2012. I didn't write the final year, but it was 2012. And this is what this person said to me. A family that prays together stays together. I believe the reason our church is small and it works, it's simply because we pray for each other. Rosemary Hammond. That's who gave me that word. And it amazes me how true that word is. Because we are able to pray for each other. When one of us are in trouble, you can call the next one. It's kind of like, and it just gets spread to each one and each one begins to pray. You see, if we're not praying for each other, we're gonna, we're gonna, it's, everything's going to crumble. The enemy will step in. But I believe we must also be diligent in our public worship. We need to believe in one another. We need to hold up one another, especially in these last days. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. See, we have a choice. And I believe that when we come together, and that's why I love to have worship first thing, because it brings us into the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. It brings in that, that, that beautiful, uplifting time that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I believe today, church, that's why I wholeheartedly believe that God is going to use this instrument, this piano, for the glory of God. Because it brings us to that place of public worship. To worship Him, to honor Him. You see, a strong devotional life brings about peace in any storm. I know some of you these last few days have had some pretty rough storms. But when I begin to think about what God's word says, I begin to think about how that peace comes in. Amen. Like a flood. You see, I believe when we begin to start applying these principles of coping, the signs of Christ's return are going to be very evident in your life. But my question for you today is, what are you doing about your witnessing? What are you doing about your devotional life? I think if you say to yourself, well, it's a little etchy, then I'd say now is the time to start getting to it. Because our time is short. And it's not going to change. Every day we get one step closer to the Lord Jesus Christ's return. I pray for my daughter and my son-in-law every day. I know you pray for your children every day. You pray for your family every day. You pray for one another every day. I don't think there's a week that goes by that I don't mention one of you sometime during the day as I'm out driving. 
that God would have his hand upon you, strengthen you and protect you and keep you. Tom, I found myself praying for you a lot this week. And God will touch that back. Whatever that problem is, he's, he's a great physician and he can take care of it. I know what doctor's reports say and I know how things work, but I know that God is able. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity and the privilege to come into your house. Lord, help us to cope in these last days. Help us to cope. Father, as we lean upon you, Father, as the days seem to get rougher, Lord, may we lean upon you for understanding, guidance. May we know that you, Lord Jesus, are directing our path. But Lord, help us with our devotional life. Help us with our public worship. Let others see Jesus in us. Lord, let them want what we have. And that's that relationship we have with you. A strong, bounding relationship. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen and amen.